0: One-seat church, this is it. Some people come in and go, this is it? Yeah, it was not what you expected. The house of God, an anointed place for worship, that's as good as it gets, man. That's what you want. Amen, that's what you want. So I want to tell you something funny, though. Like, I have this, I've talked about this issue I have with reading that my brother, oh no, it's going too soon. My brother always gave me a hard time because I got this history of buying books and only reading chapter one. And then they go on the shelf And I've got a library, not joking, full of books. I can tell you all about chapter one. I think there's something wrong with my brain. I've come to the conclusion it's okay. I've tried. I've tried making spreadsheets. I've tried keeping a notebook. I've tried all these things. And I just can never seem to get past chapter one. So thank you to big brothers. My brother enlightened me over the last week. And he said, have you looked at audible.com? Audiobooks. He's like, it's through Amazon and I'm an Am- Amazon addict. And I'm like, oh, I can use the same login. Oh, I gotta see it. One click purchase. Oh, impulsive, spend too much money on books you won't read. Oh, that's, that's right down my alley. So I go out there and they've got every book that I own in physical copy. I'm like, I can get past chapter one because I can just listen to it. I can listen to it. And so, so I've been getting into like chapter two now. It only took 40 years. I'm getting in the, it's like in the wilderness. I'm getting into chapter two now because I'm listening versus reading. And don't get me wrong, I read, but you know, working on it. But if you get the, if you get the app, it's called Audible. And it's funny because if you're in a hurry like me and it's hard to read chapter one, you can speed it up. You can speed up what they're saying. They can talk like the micro-machine guy. You know, micro-machines, micro-machines. Remember that guy? Anybody remember the micro-machine guy? 80s, 80s babies. Nick's like, what's a micro machine? It's okay, Nick. It's all right, he's my nephew. So they got a speed. And here's what's funny. So let me show you. Can I show you this in church? Is this weird? Can preachers, do preachers have smartphones? Is that, is that pastoral? I don't know. I got one. Let's get all my stuff. So guess what they got? The King, new King James Bible. So yeah, I got the Bible. So you listen. This works great. <laughs> wow. He's got this guy's from St. Louis. Can you tell? So 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 I'm like, that's too slow for me. That's going to take like 15 minutes. Oh, they got double speed and the priests Aaron's sons shall bring the blood why well, go 1.75 when you can go 2 and he shall skin the burnt offering and cut it into its pieces the sons of Aaron the priest. it's like my coffee addiction this is how i listen to this is my bed i'm in my bed my wife's like 2 hours later I actually passed out woke up and she still hears this in my bluetooth headset but he shall wash its entrance and it's water. but here's what's funny is i can i can make it out but look it goes to 3.5 if his offering is of the flocks of the sheep or of the goats as a burnt sacrifice it should be male of the you can't understand that. Can you understand that? Can anybody understand it? Why do they have 3.5? Unless you're like a, some kind of special dog or eagle or something with good—I don't know what kind of animals have good ears. Who could who could translate that? Nate's like you are—you are not a farm person. You don't know anything about animals. But but what I'm saying is, why would they have that option? But. It's just my nature that I had to press it as fast as I could until I I couldn't remember a thing. So what was happening is I was waking up with this in my mind instead of actual knowledge I was hearing when I woke up in the morning. And I'm thinking that's what I I ingested over my sleep. I thought I'd internalize something and I I internalized a rabbit talking in tongues or something. So so anyway, so so I thought that was funny that they give you a speed that is impossible to listen to. So I listen at 2.0. Sometimes I drop it down to 1.75 if I have a lot of time. Never listen at 1.0 because that would take actual like real hours. But it's kind of funny because that's my personality and I'm slowing over time. But discovering purpose in your walk with God is different. You can't just speed it up, you know? You can't just hit the fast forward button if you want it to root. It takes time. And we've all Heard the phrase Rome wasn't built in a day. And if you're like me, the desire to see results is always as fast as possible when I'm driving towards something. How do we get there? Foot on the gas. My mom used to say, Why are you rushing? I said, I don't know. There was no deadline. It's just a fire. I don't know, mom. It's just foot on the gas. Anybody else like to hurry? It's just a habit that they hurry. And then you go, Why am I hurrying? What am I rushing towards? What am I what am I what am I losing now by trying to rush to to later? I don't know, I just never stopped and thought about it. And this approach will get you somewhere fast. But when dealing with God's purpose on your life, faster is not always better. If we operate at a pace that is faster than the current season that God has put us in, the next season probably won't go as planned due to lack of support, lack of focus, and lack of understanding on our end. We always wanna remain frugal, and grateful for where we are right now. Look to your neighbor and say, right now. Right now is where we're at. Tomorrow can't happen without investing in right now. You're blessed. Everybody just say it. You are blessed. Say, I am blessed. Remember where you are and what you have right now. Not later, right now. Pay attention to God's blessings right now. Don't let your pace for tomorrow's purpose erase the purpose God has you fulfilling right now. Why isn't that okay? I don't know. I never took my foot off the gas to stop and think about it because I was going so quick. I didn't even make sense of what was happening. It was so fast. Tomorrow will come soon enough. If we go to a passage in Genesis Chapter 33, verses, let me stick my thing back, my slimmy slimmy pants here. My pockets are tight. doesn't feel good with the smartphone. (laughs) If we go to Genesis 33, 12 through 17, Jacob and Esau, anybody know the bros? Jacob, Esau. Not to just get all chronological and Bible on you, but Jacob kind of upset Esau when they were little kids because they were fighting in the womb. Who should come out first? And they were twins. And Jacob hustled his brother to get out and steal the birthright, and he stole the blessing from his elderly father. So he he gypped the older sibling who was to be Esau two times from the blessing that God had for the firstborn. And so Esau was ticked off at Jacob for most of their life. But to fast forward years later, Esau leaves town because Jacob's so shady, but for some reason you can be shady and God will still use you. We're going to go on, we're going to be talking about David this fall and you want to talk about some bad stuff. The man did some bad stuff, but God will still use people who have a bad past. He wants to use you for what you're going to do in the future. He wants to change you then. wants to change you now and so David and Jacob none of them were were flawless and so Jacob had this favor with God you know he you know they came through Isaac and then and then Esau ended up married into Ishmaelites and just made a mess of things later down the road you know it just broke off the tree because he was mad but in this passage they're reuniting like brothers. I know I have a brother, and there's nothing that can destroy a brotherly bond. No matter we don't see each other all the time, we don't talk all the time, but when we're together, we love each other, we're bros, is we call it the bro code. When I had my wreck last year, my bro, boom, was the first one there. He's the only person I could think to even call because it was instinct, because we've got the bro code. So even after all the horrible things Jacob did to Esau, Esau saw him on this journey here and couldn't help but fall to his feet and rejoice and hug his brother, who he hadn't seen in years. So we go to the passage, verse 12. It says, then Esau said, let us take our journey. So this is where they've just, they're on two different journeys, and they happen to come across each other out on the road. So Esau sees him in the previous passage. He comes and hugs him and gives him, gives him an Italian kiss. Hey, how you doing? One of of those things, I don't know how they did it. They kissed each other's neck, it said. They fall on the neck and they give each other a kiss. That's just the tradition there. And it says, then Esau said, let us take our journey. Let us go and I will go before you. Jacob, why don't you come with us? Let's do it together. And Jacob's like, well, I'm actually going somewhere where God told me. Verse 13, Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are weak and the flocks and herds which are nursing are with me. And if the men should drive them hard one day, the flock will die. So David has children and animals and and, and nursing and and, and people who are tired with him in, in, in the Israelites. And Esau wants to lead them with his men who are fully charged and fully caffeinated on horses. And he's saying, we can't keep that pace. Thank you, but we can't handle that. It's too much for us right now. So he says, please let my Lord go on ahead before his servant. I will lead on slowly at a page with the, which the livestock that go before me and the children are able to endure until, until I come to my Lord in Sierra, which is where Esau was headed. And Esau said... Now let me leave with you some of the people then who are with me. But he said, what need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of my Lord. He says, I don't need your help, all due respect, but I have favor in the sight of God. And if God's timing is for me to do it this way, then I have to go this way. See, Jacob was shady and Jacob was a good cook and all these things. And he hustled his brother for the, for the, for the carrots and the stew or whatever for the birthright. But Jacob knew God's favor. So God continued to bless his path because he knew he'd stay Faithful, so he was telling them, Hey, I appreciate that, but we're gonna go a different direction, and I, I can't let my people try to keep up with your pace because our pace is under the favor of God, so we have to stay in that stride for it to work, or our flock will die, he says. So, 16. So Esau returned that day and went to Sierra, and Jacob. Journey to Succoth, which is on the way to Canaan, which was the land that God promised. But on the way in Succoth, he built himself a house, made booths for his livestock, and there the name of the place is called Succoth. So it's not that he didn't want to go; it's that he couldn't go at the pace Esau wanted to take him. Esau's pace, just like all the other decisions through history that Esau made, was not God's will. It was never blessed by God. And when you do things out of the blessings of God, it's not going to come out the way you want it. Even when you think it's going to feel good, it's going to come up short. And sometimes that means slowing down to stay on track. It's about balance. The title of this message today is Pace Towards Tomorrow. The Pace Towards Tomorrow. I'm guilty of this, but if you want to write this down, this is good. I won't let my pace towards the future erase my awareness of right now. I won't let my pace towards the future that God has for me erase my awareness of right now because they work together, and if I lose right now, I lose tomorrow. But before you can know what kind of pace you should be on, you got to know what direction you're heading. And it's easy to substitute God's path for the world's path. And if we substitute the wrong path, we could be taking a misguided direction. So then the stride and the pace doesn't even matter because we're going the wrong way to begin with. So before we can establish the pace or pulse that God has for us, we have to know what path are we even trying to take before we can go the right direction. Where am I headed? We could spend years journeying down a path that was not... God's will to begin with. It's easy to chase quick substitutes, but it's hard to find in those substitutes sustained joy and satisfaction. It won't last. The newness will wear off. The newness will wear off of anything that is outside of God's will. And we need the spirit of truth to discern the difference. We need the Holy Spirit to discern the difference. In that direction, where am I headed comes by seeking. And what I seek is where I will go. So what I'm seeking is where I will head. And if I don't seek it God's way, I won't head God's way. Search me, Lord. Know my heart. Lead me into the way everlasting. I don't know if you're like me, but it's fun getting some cool toys. I like technology. I I like everything mechanical that I'm able to handle. I'm not the most engine-friendly guy, but I can do a clutch on a motorcycle. I can do some things, and it's fun to go out on a boat or do some things. It's fun to do that stuff, but eventually it wears off, and when you get addicted, like someone, me, to Amazon, and now they got the, the one-day shipping, and it's just the greatest thing, and after a while, the UPS man's bringing so many cardboard boxes to your house, you're starting to dread to see him, and you bought the stuff. Well, first was just so awesome, man. I got so many boxes coming to my door. I'm cutting up boxes with my dull knife in the garage like I'm just on Christmas morning. Snip, 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 snip. One day I almost chopped my finger off, by the way. Keep those things sharp. Because what happens is if they're dull, you start whacking harder. And eventually you get cocky with that thing and boom, there goes the finger. That was, anyway, that was a digression of why I'm talking here. But now when I see Amazon, those boxes are so frequent, I'm just like, oh, what did we buy now? become numb to it because it can't sustain it's cool i know it's cyber monday it's cool i know it's black friday it's cool i know it's 60 percent off those all battery security cameras that we can put and look at our phone and no one even knows and it's all battery and all these things and we can get 20 of them because it's 50 percent off and we'll only use one it doesn't matter if we get like addicted to something to keep craving the high but it wears off and now i just see cardboard and returns they got the best return policy by the way I don't know if y'all ever returned something to Amazon, but it's just, it's just the best thing ever. It's like, return, why? Because I said so, free, yes, pick it up, yes, click, boom, print, see you tomorrow. It's the best. You can even say, hey, hey, look, look what we spend here. I was unhappy, and this is only with, with you know truthful matters. But they'll say, here's, here's a credit, the chat, go on the chat, those guys are the best. I love the chat people at Amazon. Anyway. But if you don't know what direction you're headed, it doesn't matter what pace you're taking, and a substitute for God's direction will never fulfill something that only God can fulfill. It has to be anointed by God's will. And I won't allow this pace, though, once I find it, to erase my awareness of right now. Some of the things we like to substitute for a quick fix is the things that were attracted to us flesh, fleshly, our flesh, like um, status, Titles attention. Range Rovers. I don't know. My wife's like, someday can we get one? I'm like, no, no. Who, who could get one of those things? Maybe like a 1980, we'll get an 80, 80 Range Rover on some Kmart rims. Anyway, so it's like all these things, they create this status image of, of joy for a minute until tomorrow. Social media, there's another one. They're all facade, you know, they don't last because they're not real. And it's it's bearing on someone's attention they give you for them. And once that wears off, you're on to the next thing. It doesn't last. So that's not the path you want. I can't let it erase right now. And I can't start on the wrong path. Sometimes we tend to be Esau and not only do we get on the wrong path, but we go much further than God says. We go further and faster than when we get on, excuse me, when we get on the right path we still rush and go further like Esau. Well, come on, we can go, we can go. My men will lead you. And Jacob says, no, we're not ready. I'm not ready. I need to rest or we'll die. Dehydration, man, Jacob. You have to rest to see where am I headed. You have to be able to focus. And if you can't slow down to take a minute to pause and focus, you can't go. So that's what happens first. Where am I going? What path am I starting You want to be on the right path. Once you figure out the path, then it's like, well, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Like my son, are we there yet? The two hour hour and 15 minute drive to the lake. It's always the same, son. Are we there yet? 10 minutes out. Colton, are we there yet? No, Colton. I'll tell you like Papa used to tell me. Just go to sleep, and when you wake up, we'll be there. 10 minutes later, he wakes up. Are we there yet? Go to sleep 10 more times, and when we get there, when you wake up, you'll be there. One time, we were driving a little further. We drove down to Camdenton. And we drive to Osage. And he, I said, go to sleep. When you wake up, we'll get there. And we're in traffic. And he wakes up because he actually fell asleep, okay? And he goes, whoa. He's six. Whoa, I think I like passed out or something. I'm like, yeah, you did. You were, you were, your head was hanging, little man. You were sleeping. Don't act like you weren't. You're not too tough to not sleep. So it's always, are we there yet? We always want it faster. We want it yesterday. We don't want to wait. We're setting our sights on goals, but we don't want to chase the goals because the goals take time to achieve. And it's the in-between parts that achieve the goal. It's the baby steps lead to the big steps. Well, if we can't just take the big step, we don't want it. Well, that's because it takes time and work. Are we there yet? The desire is natural, but we have to be looking at the right things. That's where God comes in. We have to seek the right way. That's where God comes in. It's natural. We all have a desire to hunger and thirst because when you get hungry and thirsty, guess what? You want a Gatorade, you want a water, you want an apple. But how do we know the good things in our, in, our, in our DNA? How do we know the good things to hunger and thirst in something we've never known? I'm gonna get there. So we question that ability to hunger and thirst for something God has never given us yet. I'm going to get there. So in the meantime, we perceive it to be a different way, so we go the backdoor approach to speed it up. But God says, no, Esau, I told Jacob to do it this way. I told Abraham to wait for Sarah. I didn't say go to whatever, the maidservant. I said Isaac was the one. I said, wait for Isaac. Is she, Sarah was 100. Now I'm going into Jacob's grandparents. See, the, the pattern was the same. Abraham had Isaac, Isaac had Jacob and Esau. Esau later goes and married into the maidservant's son Ishmael down the tree because they didn't want to wait. There's no waiting. Esau constantly made the wrong choice out of God's will because he's like, are we there yet? Come on, my, my men are faster on horse. Let's go. And Jacob said, no, we're not ready. It's not right. The pace is wrong. The stride is wrong. You guys track it with me? But how do we know to hunger and thirst for something we've never known? Going too fast will cause us to drink from the wrong cup. You know what I mean? And I won't allow my pace towards my future to erase my awareness of right now. Rushing will cause you to replace what is necessary with what is convenient. Necessary is not fun. Convenient usually is. Convenient is usually instantly satisfying. Necessity sometimes hurts. But which one is more important? When you, when you take out economics and things got to go, what are you going to cut first? The necessities or the convenient items? You going to cut the trips or you going to cut the bread and peanut butter? You're going to cut, well, depends who you're asking. You should cut the trips because you got to have bread to be Sustain. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Who eats my flesh and drinks of my blood shall have life everlasting. See, we have to drink the right drink and that rushing to get to the purpose so fast will cause you to step right into the enemy's ways and call it God's path. That's why we have to slow down and analyze. Is this what God said? Is this where we're trying to go? When it's fast, there's no time left to discern what is happening because it's all blur like the book, the audio book. It's just a blur. I don't remember anything. Matthew says in 5, 6, blessed are those, let's say it together, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It didn't say who hunger and thirst, it said who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So how do we know how to hunger and thirst for something we've never tasted? It's because it's in our DNA to begin with because we are made from the beginning in his image. So we have a natural ability to know our mother, to know our daddy, and to know our God because he made us to begin with. That's how we know what the thirst for and what feeds us. So when we get a taste of righteousness, we go, this tastes familiar, but I've never had it until now. That's how we know. Isn't that that good? That's how God does it. He doesn't have to tell you first. He just gives it and you say, I knew this because you made me since the beginning. Amen? You guys with me? That's how we know what to hunger and thirst for. You 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 don't want the vinegar drink on the cross. He was thirsty, but that's not what he thirsted for. So what are we thirsting for? And if we're moving too quick, we're gonna miss grabbing the right drink, grabbing the right bread. Grabbing the right path for righteousness. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Then you will be blessed, it says. Otherwise, you might be drinking from the wrong well. You don't want the dirty well water. it make you sick, I imagine. Never tried it, but I might. I might drink from the pond, Nate. See what happens. We're gonna be baptizing next Sunday at Nathan's pond there. We're going to be in the water. We're going to be baptizing some people in the water that God touched. It it looks murky to the world, but God said, that's holy water you're washing my people in because my anointing is on it. Amen. It's going to be a good day. But without a pace, you can't find your purpose. But when my pace triumphs my purpose, your purpose will get lost. Keeping a pace at where God has you right now is where you need to be. Where God has you right now is where you need to be. And I'm not talking just physically, of course, you need to be at one seat church, but I'm talking about in your walk with God right now is where you need to be, Jacob. Quit calling Esau to get there faster. Jacob became Israel, not Esau. That's another message. You don't want to know what Esau became because that became a problem to this day. If you want to know, it kept going, baby because he never stepped in God's path. He was going he was a rich man, balling with all kinds of horses and all kinds of men and all kinds of money, but he was never in God's path. So he loses. To this day, he loses when God comes back because he is not the blessed path Jacob was. And that's where we got to yearn to be. And when the pace is too fast, you're going to collapse. We got this So earlier this week, I made this video. Sometimes I make a video midweek. I just feel God telling me to put something out there. And so it was actually on this topic about a pace. And we went and visited. I went first, and then I took my kids there yesterday. This park, my mom used to live by, and there's this awesome path around the park, and I used to try to jog there and run. And, you know, I was saying in the video how My mind said I could go faster than my my knees and my legs to take it, so then I come back the next day and I pay the price, right? You know, guys, come on, you know how it is. You get to the gym, you're like, yeah, just like when I was 20, and then something hurts the next day because, you you know, it's been 20 years and you haven't touched a weight or anything, and those rubber bands got to warm up first before you pop them. You know what that's like. So I was like not as extreme on this path. And so yesterday I said I'm going to take my kids, okay? So I got Chloe, she's nine. Caleb, he's eight. Colton, Taz, he's seven, six. Oh, geez. And Kaylee, she's four. And so we're all doing the path pretty good. And they're like, it's hot. It was hot. It's a mile, one time around the lake. And Kaylee finally comes to a point, and she she won't even walk. She just screams for me, having a fit, little diva. And I said, I'm not coming to get you. You're going to walk here. And she's, eh. She's making this bird noise. She's four. I'm not joking. "Ah, What's wrong with you? Get the demon out of you right now, in Jesus' name! And she, "Ah," and then she somehow will accidentally whack her hat and fall to the ground. Then she's like, "Ah." she starts taking all her apparel off and act like it fell, and then that's a new problem. And she's screaming, and she goes, "My legs are tired." I said, "Well, I don't have a stroller, and I can't carry you because it's too hot." And then she's like, People walking by, they think some kind of child abuse is going on. I'm like, no, she did it. I'm just standing here. So I I said, all right. So I pick her up because she's my baby. Okay, I'll carry you. Okay. Five minutes go by. Okay, you got to walk for a second. Daddy needs to catch his breath. Okay. She has this this duck face when she's like up to something. She's, it's the weirdest thing. You can see her. She has this duck face. And then she's... Ten seconds later, the kids are like, we're going to run the rest of the way. I'm like, are you crazy? You're complaining about walking. Now you're going to actually run? Okay, go for it, tough guys. Go for it. Go for it, Chloe. So they're running, and Kaylee stops, and then she's, does it again. But see, the pace was too much for a four-year-old. It's a mile in like 95 whatever degrees. It was hot. There was no shade. What's up, David? And so the, the pace was, we just say it like it is here. Someone walks in, we love, we say, hey, what's up? We love all you guys. We'll just, you never know what I'm going to say up here. So, so it's too much for her. So if I had gone at a snail's pace, it would have been okay for her. But the problem was she just wanted to quit. And we always talk about the vultures coming and snagging her up and taking her in the air. If she doesn't move, we talk about the, you know, like the cartoons with them. So then she just left for dead if I don't grab her because she's willing to just stand there out of stubbornness. But the pace was too much, so we had to keep moving at a pace she could endure. Otherwise, it was just going to end, and here comes the vultures not good. Daddy come home without a kid. What happened? Bird got her. She wouldn't come when I called her, Michelle. I told that four-year-old to get it together, and she wouldn't move, so I said, take her away. In my mind. (laughs) The pace matters. Balance matters. If you're hopping... If you're hopping on one leg down the thing you're gonna get some stress pain in your joints balance matters the stride matters the balance to your pace matters. If you're not balanced in your life, you're gonna have a hard time keeping any type of pace with your walk with God because there's pressures that the enemy's gonna throw at you. And he's gonna put little twigs in the road that are just gonna trip you and annoy you and make you mad and go, I don't wanna do this now because I'm just mad because of this and all these things. And, all the, and you're, just gonna, you're just gonna fight that all the time. You gotta learn to find balance and go, I've seen that before, come on, devil, get out of here. Laugh it off because it's just the devil's game. And what keeps that strength is the balance. You need work balance, you need spiritual balance, you need emotional balance, you need family balance, you need all these elements to keep the pace consistent. Does that make sense? When you just run, 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 when you just run, run, run with no carbs the day before, no hydration, you're gonna get the chills real quick from dehydration and be left for the vultures because you can't keep up with everybody else in the peloton if you cycle. Whatever it may be, eat some oatmeal the day before. You need balance. You can't keep up. So slow your roll, brothers and sisters. Keep the pace. But most of all, most of all, embrace the moments that are right now. You can't get back the moments. It's not the goal you are seeking that you talk about 30 years later. It's the moments along the way. In 10 years, when this church is taking over, does that is that sound sadistic that I think about it taking over the community? It's just so powerful. That's how I think of it. I know it's wacky, but that's what I think. God's gonna take over this community. And well in 10 years when we talk, remember when remember when, remember when the truck had the flat tire the morning of church? And and remember that time, remember that time you smashed your finger in the trailer hitch and broke it, and blood went everywhere. And remember all these things? We're gonna be talking about that. You know? That's the moments we remember, plus the good things the really good things, but those all become good things because they're real investment moments that we will cherish and bond it over, bond it over. So embrace the moments. Moments define those steps. No moments, no steps. You want good steps? Embrace the moments because each moment leads to the next step. And the moments are what you treasure, not the goal. I am so guilty of this. It's been a battle through my adult life to slow down and look around. So I preach it because it is to myself. Maybe someone can relate. It's okay to clap to that. I'm glad someone can relate. Thank you. But revelation happens in those moments. Revelation doesn't happen at the goal. It happens in the little subtle moments Along the way, you get the the godly light bulb. That's what revelation is. The difference between a revelation and just a light bulb moment is God was in one and not the other. Anybody can have a light bulb moment, but only God can give a revelation moment. And it's in the moments. So that's why you have to pay attention on the pace you're at to embrace the moments. And once they're gone, they're gone. You can't take them back. There'll be new moments, but that moment is forever locked in history. My kids are only young once. Your kids are only young once. This church is only a year and a half old once. Embrace the moments. Embrace the season God has you in right now. Keep the balance to keep the pace and set up your tent and take some rest like Jacob and to get back on your path and keep journeying to suck off. Come on, who's with me? Come on, somebody. It takes focus. No no pace, no focus. You'll be a mess. You'll be a hot mess, like, like, a, like running around with your head cut off, like a chicken with its head cut off. You gotta slow your roll and keep your focus like laser accuracy. Keep moving, take a break. Don't fast forward through your entire life. You can't get it back. You know, regret is not from lack of a perfect past. It's not because you made mistakes. Regret is not recognizing what you had around you all along. That's what regret comes from, that you didn't didn't cherish and pay attention to what you had. It's not because you tripped or you made a mistake or you had to get back up again. It's because you failed to look at what you had around you all along, and now it's yesterday. So while you still have air to breathe, cherish the moments. If y'all could stand with me, I'm gonna tell you a quick story that happened this morning that I hope roots in your heart because it comes from my core and it's humorous, but it's serious, but it's humorous too. First of all, today was the first day we now have a driving system for the trailer last week. Give that's a, that's a big deal. We have a driving system to take the trail of a church. It's turning into a family church instead of a mom and pop church. That's what we want. I, I love y'all, but I don't want to do everything. I want a team. And so we got a team now. So, Michael, thank you. I was so blessed this morning. I was walking around. Let's thank Mike, Sebastian, Nate. We got people doing things that you don't even see. You don't even know about it. And there's danger. There's danger to that. That truck was wrecked last year. A year ago this month, that truck and truck were totaled at Highway N and in Lake St. Louis Boulevard. So I think back to all that, and I am so grateful. And I prayed over my brothers this morning. I said, God, please let them not have any danger like that because I could never stand to see it happen again. So we're, we're thankful for that. And that's not why we're talking about this. But So what happened was I got to come in a little, early, a little later this morning. I didn't know what to do with myself. I said, what should I, what, what a pastor do? I should probably do something pastor-like. What should I do? I'm used to sweating and bleeding or something. I know, I'll listen to some message, some word, get some word in me so I'm more fresh. So I got my Bluetooth headphones in and I'm walking around my kitchen because I'm used to being gone and I don't know what to do with myself and I'm trying to let them do their thing because they need to express their gifts that God gave them. And so that's what we're doing. I'm pacing and here comes Kaylee. There's the duck face. She's half asleep walks like a mummy. She walks like Lazarus with all their blankies. She looks like Lazarus with their wraps. She's got blankies over here and blankies over there. Her hair's all hot mess. I always say, hi, babe. Do you you sleep good? Yeah. I said, "Um, so you slept good? Yeah, I was sleeping and you're making a lot of noise. I'm thinking, uh, the coffee grinder. I said, I was making a lot of noise. Did I wake you up? Yeah. She's four, and she's not actual. Oh, all right, cool, sorry about that. Put my headphones back in. She goes and gets her tablet. Colton's on the couch playing his tablet. A few minutes later, daddy, 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 I saw a moon and a red star last night. Huh, why weren't you sleeping? I saw a moon and a red star, a red star, I don't know about that little four-year-old, but whatever. Yeah, so I'm pulling my headphones out. I'm kind of like, I'm trying to get the word in me. Come on, I got time now. And you're taking from my time is what I'm thinking. What are you doing, you four-year-old? I'm trying to be blessed so I can bless people this morning at church. But, Daddy, I saw, I saw a star, and I saw a red star in a moon. So then, then I'm like, okay, cool. You saw a red star. Why weren't you in bed? So then a couple minutes go by, and, and she says, can I play the orange games? I said, What? And Colton's like, oh, the orange games, those are in the drawer. Those are my old tablet. They don't work anymore. You know, he talks like this. He's six, but he has the deepest voice on the planet for a six year old. And he said, those are, oh, oh. And so then I finally said, wait a second. This is what I prayed for. I said, I don't need this. I got that part. I need this. I started looking at my children and I said, embrace the moments. Embrace the moments. Look right now, because tomorrow she's going to be 20. And she's not going to be saying, Daddy, look at the red star. And, and you woke me up, Daddy. And I'm going to be saying, man, I wish I could wake her up again. So I'm learning that, and I encourage you to do the same, to embrace the moments. And she's just the sweetest little girl. And my son, Colton, also, we just, I just took it in, because they're not even used to me being there. So it was weird for them, too. They're like, Dad, why are you here? <laughs> so it was really cool. So if I can encourage you at all this morning is to figure out your direction, discern the spirits. Is this of God? Is this what God would want me to do? Okay, now I'm headed there. What kind of pace? I want to be consistent. I want to be fruitful though. So I don't want to race through it and miss all the moments which are actually building my strength to handle what I'm praying for God to give me tomorrow. Because if God dropped a thousand people on us tomorrow, guess what? We wouldn't be able to handle it that quick. We have to root up pillars to get there. In this church, in our life, in our jobs, in our family, experience builds strength. So God has to give you that time invested. So this week, let's pray real quick. God... Have your way on this house, God. We're on a mission together. We're on a mission, Lord. We know the mission and we know the path and we are thankful that we have that knowledge, that you have revealed that to us. But we want to be grateful for where we are right now. No no role is insignificant. Everything here at 1C Church is significant. Every little thing is significant from the trailer to the greeter to the Sunday school to the computer to the preacher to the worship to the camera to the congregation to the praise to the preach to all the things God it's all significant and we want to honor where you have us right now because look at what you've brought us from in such a short time so we know how great things are going to come and we're going to patiently embrace the moments right now and if the house of God can say in Jesus name amen.